If you want legendary service, if you, you want sweeter discounts, shop Save by bundling auto and home with insurance. 92% of households that join Peloton early in the year are still active a year later. Yeah, if you like cycling to EDM. Not just EDM. Try cycling to Broadway hits, take a scenic hike in Iceland on our treadmill, or row to some 80s jams. Because I have so much free time. Whether you have 30 minutes or just five, Peloton can fit any schedule. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton tread, row, or bikes risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Oh, hell, do you read me? Affirmative, Dave. I read you. An alien object of unbelievable destructive power is less than three days away from this planet. The only starship in interception range is the Enterprise. Ready or not, she launches into a power. <laughs> the man has a full house and he knew it. Now how about that? The man had a full house and he knew it. <laughs> What's up, everybody? You're listening to a new episode of the All Things Dave podcast, and I'm your host, Phantom Dark Dave. Today, I'm really excited to do this episode because I'm getting back to the roots of horror, but more specifically, Jason Voorhees. And how about this? I'll bring a voice from the past. Let's welcome back to the show my buddy from across the pond. What's up, Neil? How you doing, Dave? It's it has been a while. while. Man, it's towards the beginning of 2022 almost, right? Uh, Definitely yes, pre-summer. Yes, I think you're right. Definitely not since I've definitely not since I've moved up north. No, um, and that was June. Know. So see, Neil didn't take my advice. I was like, just move closer, and he moved even further away. Why you gotta do that to me, bro? Uh, how you see the house prices? Uh, well, have you seen the house prices in America? Come on over. <laughs> yeah, still, still, yeah, cheap, cheaper than cheaper than yeah, over especially here. if yeah. you have low standards. Well. Uh, yeah, yeah, but the, 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 uh, having just been to America in October, uh, the pound has tanked so badly that actually I'm making no, I, I make no gains by anything. I, I nearly paid eleven dollars for a box of Frosties. A box of Frosties. We're talking Thanks, cereal, was... yeah. Mm. Eleven dollars. That's translated to our price. Yeah. Oh my! You need to run like well, hell. It was a uh, we. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's Orlando prices. Ah, uh, gotcha. Well, Neil, I know it's been a while since you've been on here, but I've been dying to get you back on here now that things have settled and you have a little bit of time. It only made sense to throw some horror your way, and I've been doing this thing now 
it's, like I said, it's been a while since you've been on. I don't know if you've been aware of it. I've been doing theme months. And, you know, I started in October. Everybody was doing horror. So I was like, oh, let's stand out. Let's do sci-fi. So I did sci-fi month. And then I liked the idea of doing theme month because it kind of kept my brain straight. So I said, okay, November, I'm going to do hockey month because, you know, hockey season just started. And so uh, I did an episode with Corin. We released Apocalypse. It was a great time. I had a whole lineup of hockey movies I was going to do, but with work and everything, it's been kind of hard to do it. But it's kind of been a blessing in disguise because I find myself going, you know, why would I do theme months? Because that just paints myself into a corner, and that's what I always seem to do. And deep down... I don't want to do theme months. I just want to do whatever I want to do, but that mostly coincides with horror and sci-fi. And I found myself going, you know, Jason Voorhees usually wears a mask. That's a hockey mask. I'm going to do that for a hockey month, and I'm also use this as my game breaker. See what I did there? And I'm just going to break tradition. I'm going to get rid of the theme month. It lasted for a month and a half. That's pretty good. But I'm just going to go all out and start doing lots of horror and lots of sci-fi. Wanted to get you on here. And, uh, man, we're both fans of Jason Voorhees, are we not? Oh, we certainly are. I mean, I'm just trying to remember how this podcasting thing works. It's been, a while. It's been that long. But um, uh, no, I mean, this is yeah, everything day podcast. You know, why tie, why tie yourself Exactly. In? And, you know, I did an episode with Marty a few months back where we did our top five kills with Ghostface because that was his favorite of all the boogeymen. And, you know, I know you are the kind of guy who really likes your Chucky and, and Annabelle, and, and we've talked about creepy doll horror and stuff, and I kind of did an episode like that when I was a guest on the Fright Club podcast, so I didn't want to dive into that, and so I was like, well, Neil, shit, we both like Jason Voorhees, let's just do a top five Jason Voorhees kills, and uh, here we are with that episode today, and after a couple of reschedules, we're finally here to do it. Well, yeah, I mean, there's plenty to choose from as well. Got that right. It's, um... Is he, is he is he pound for pound for pound the I've, I watched a video fairly recently where they they said the pound for pound king of kill count. I'm pretty sure he did come out on top. I, think, I mean, with all the movies and all the multiple deaths in there, but you got to be careful because a couple of times that wasn't Jason. So hopefully you did your homework and uh, I won't have to catch you off guard here. <laughs> uh, that now you yeah now, now you worried me. <laughs> I'm going to lose a lot of horror street cred if I get well, one wrong, I know. I'll just go ahead and say this right now. Hopefully anybody listening to this episode is familiar with uh, Friday 13th and the legacy of it. Um, there's going to be spoilers in here because we're going to talk about our favorite kills, which ties into some of our favorite scenes in these movies, and I'd hate to spoil that for you. So if you haven't seen all of the Friday 13th movies... Please don't listen to this episode unless you're going to say, I don't really care. I just want to hear about the kills. Well, maybe we'll talk you into wanting to watch it. So, Neil, as we lay this stuff down, I know I told you it's a top five, but you can have one honorable mention. So do you want to kickstart this thing off? Sure, man. Um, now, I'm going to jump straight into this and I'll see if you can get it from this little intro. Have you ever done a handstand? I have done a handstand. Have you ever done a handstand after making whoopee with your lady? I have lady? not. Well, this is why you shouldn't, because uh, I'm taking you back to my honorable mention. It's Friday the 13th, part three. Um, and it's the inexplicable handstand death of Andy. Um, I, I don't know what he was doing. It, 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 you know, they, they just had they just had uh, relations, let's say. He wants a beer. You know, perfectly normal things. 
but for no reason he decides he's going to handstand his way down the hallway, uh, only to be met by Jason, who, um, how do you say, chops the old chopper. He definitely does. And <laughs> um, Neil, I'm yeah. going to ask you a question. Have you ever made Whoopi in a hammock? Oh, you can end the sentence there. Okay. No, no I haven't, though. What? Sorry. <laughs> so, Have you made have Whoopi in a hammock? Yeah, because they, they did have sex in a hammock in that one. So if you have not, maybe that's why yeah. neither you or I have ever done a handstand after sex. Dave, Dave, I'm 44, man. I, I, <laughs> getting in a hammock is hard enough for me these days. I, yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a really well done shot as well because it, you really kind of, maybe it's all from a male perspective, as it gets chopped, it's a really quick flash, but you yes. just you feel it. It's a real I don't want to use this a real meaty thud you get as as he as he whips his um, machete down um, and a very but you get it. it it's um, you left in no uncertain terms that he has been split in half by the crotch. Yeah, basically. and luckily, so, even though that scene is so brief, and we do feel it, like you said, we do get to see the aftermath later in the movie, and it's brutal to say the least. <laughs> Yeah, um, I mean it's it's a it's a it's a fantastic kill. It's one of my I was going to say it's it's one of my favorite kills, obviously. Um, but it's just it's more it's it's more the most it's the ridiculousness of him doing his handstand that makes it more memorable than this way he didn't get onto the top five. It's a great kill, but it's almost like they went right. We need to do we want to cut a guy in half. How <laughs> can we do? I tell you what. You knew handstand. <laughs> well, luckily he had already done three or four handstands in the movie, so it wasn't too far-fetched that he would just do a handstand down the hallway, but uh, Richard Brooker just takes him to town, man. And um, I say for Richard Brooker only playing Jason that one time, the Jason in part three is the most iconic. It's the one where he gets the hockey mask, so add that to the memorable death scenes. That's, that's a good one. And you know, what's really crazy is you said the character's name was Andy. Well, you know, Andy from Black Cat Shadow, his favorite Friday 13th is part three. So what's really going on? Well, you could call it a, um, I think, it, you know, it, it's probably the defining um, installment because it is where it went in that direction yeah. where it's kind of get rid of the, the, the sack over the head. It was kind of, this is this is kind of where Jason, as we know him now. Yeah. Thank you, Shelly, for providing so, the hockey mask, right? <laughs> absolutely. Cool, man. Well, uh, my honorable mention is Friday the 13th, Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan, and I call this kill the Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. And so um, this is in the third act of the movie where they actually are in Manhattan, and Julius is on top of a rooftop, and Jason teleports up there, and the two of them have themselves a celebrity death match. Julius wells on him like a professional boxer for about 60 seconds to the point where his hands are covered in blood, and then he utters out... Take your best shot, motherfucker. And so Jason does his best Johnny Cage fatality, and he uppercuts Julius' his head clean off. The scene is comical, but it's tasteful, and I gotta say, it really tops it off when his head goes flying off and lands in the garbage dumpster. It's amazing. Oh, yeah, I mean, it was just the it's the icing on the cake, the, uh, the, the, the open dumpster with the head. Um, but uh, I, I absolutely agree with it. It's... A, it's it's not because it's not one of my. Well, I don't think it's many people's favorite Jason films, but it's it's um, 
the fight scene it's fantastic i mean it does you know it's a good like two minute two minute yeah. montage of, of, of Ju- julius laying everything he's got on on jason and just one one bitch slap right <laughs> off it and comes it's just crazy because julius is punching jason Voorhees, like i said for a straight minute while he's wearing the mask so he's punching that solid hockey mask the whole time bloodying his hands and we've seen Julius earlier in the movie doing his boxing. Like, he can go toe-to-toe with pretty much anybody. And he does. Like, this might be one of the only people that can kick Jason's ass um, had it been a fair fight. But, man, when he, he does that killer clowns from outer space thing where he pops your head right off, and it, it's just awesome. And so it doesn't make my top five because I do prefer the sharp object death scenes. But it's got to be my honorable mention because it's just badass. It shows his brutality. Yep, uh, absolutely agree with him. Right on, man. What you got for number five? Number five is one of my uh, one of my favorites. Um, I mean, uh, this is from part uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Two, um, and it's it's not only combines Jason's classic machete kill, but it also includes sending a guy in a wheelchair down <laughs> some steps. Um, which I, you shouldn't laugh at things like that, but because this happens in Texas Chainsaw Massacre as well, doesn't it? Doesn't, and then I um... laughed there too. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. It's one of my because it's so obviously a dummy <laughs> in a wheelchair. It makes it it makes it even better. But it's it's uh, it's obviously wheel, uh, wheelchair bound Mark, um, a re- you know a really nice guy, really nice character, but just to get that ending where he's just. It's not even facing him, isn't it? Isn't it, isn't it basically a, um, a cheap shot from behind? It is, because just... I know in that scene we get a POV from behind just showing that somebody's creeping up on Jason, and you don't know who it is until the actual uh, implant of the machete in his face. or the it, Is it a machete? Yeah, it's definitely a machete. Yeah, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's just not only that, but then just to finish it off with, have him... Not only going down the staircase, but going down backwards. <laughs> it's, 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 it's such a nice character as well. It's, got to be, it's so unnecessary, but it's, it's why it makes it in, because it just shows that Jason doesn't care. It's like you could be, you know, it, 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 normally it's, you know, never make out in the woods, never, you know, or you know, never mess around with a girl in the woods because you'll get... It, it, this guy did nothing. Yeah, Jason was like <laughs> yeah, jealous still... of his wheelchair, man. He's like, you got some wheels? And then bam! Knocks him. That's awesome, man. Uh, yeah, just a note. Uh, Friday 13th, part two. Uh, probably tied for my favorite Friday 13th movie. We can probably talk more about that later, but uh, good stuff. So, cool. My number five is from Friday the 13th, the 2009 reboot. And I call this one, let me ax you a question. So Derek Mears as Jason Voorhees, right? I'm such a huge fan of Derek Mears. Love anytime he gets to do horror. Loved him as Swamp Thing. Uh, Just a big, bald guy who means business. But man, let me tell you something. If they bring, if they continue, I know Peacock has announced they're going to do more of the um, Friday 13th stuff. I don't know how they're going to roll with titles or whatnot. It may just be called Camp Crystal Lake or something, but... Derek Mears doesn't get enough credit for his role as Jason in the reboot. Obviously, he only got to play the role once, but if we're going to get another Jason, I think they should let him do it. The guy could still do it. But anyway, in this scene, we have a character named Lawrence, and he's outside looking for his buddy Chewie. He finds Chewie dead in the shed, and so then he runs like hell, 
but he's not aware that Jason is one hell of an axe thrower. <laughs> and uh, Jason throws a full-size axe, and it lands deep into the back of Lawrence. He falls down. He starts to crawl away. Axe in his back and all. Tons of blood. Jason walks up to him, turns him over onto his back, and then forces him down, causing the axe to burst through his chest like a damn alien from 1979. It's great. Uh, I have I didn't come across this one again when I was when I was doing some research. This is one of those that's that, that's snuck me by, but um, it's starting to ring some bells now. I and mean, it's um, I can remember. I, yeah, I, I just I can kind of um, see it now. Just the the chest burst. Yeah, act. and here's the deal with the reboot. I know like a lot of times a reboot can turn some chairs. You know, a lot of people are loyal to the original to everything, and they should be. But what the reboot does is it kind of combines a lot of stuff from the first three or four Friday the 13th movies, and it does it so well that it, it just feels very fluid in this movie, and I feel like this was the right reboot to get the franchise going. Why we didn't get any more, it was probably tied up in legal stuff, to be honest, but man, I think the the, re the reboot, the Friday the 13th, is so underrated. It's done so well, like... All the kills are good. All the characters, if you're supposed to love them, you love them. If you're supposed to hate them, you hate them. And if you're supposed to feel incredibly sorry for them, like Mark in the wheelchair, for instance, I felt the same way with Lawrence because he was just there with his buddy. You know, he wanted to drink. He wanted to smoke. He wanted to get laid, but we knew it wasn't going to happen. And uh, he didn't have to go out like a bitch, man. But Jason, <laughs> I mean, he just throws that axe. It hits him in the back. And if that wasn't enough, he flips him over and shoves his whole body down, basically having the axe pierce through his chest and... You can just kind of feel it, man. It just stops your heart a little bit. But yeah, well, there's what there's yeah. I mean, there's one there's one thing that that, that especially the Friday the Thirteenth films do is is the sound uh, the sound yeah. design. They always have they they've really got it down to a T. Those kind of uh, the gore kills and the and the, and the, the crunching and the uh, you really you really get a feel for. It. I mean, like like you. I mean, Derek Mears is fantastic. I mean, um, Hatchet Three, uh, baby. I mean, was it? but it's um he no he's fantastic i mean he like you say he could still do this and he i don't know he he brought something a little bit more a little bit different to jason whereas it's you know he seemed to be a little bit more nimble than 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 kane hodder is who's you know kane hodder's a <laughs> just basically a brute Whereas, you know, Derek Mears is a slightly different frame. And, um, yeah, you know. no, for sure, man. And I know that Kane Hodder is like the definitive Jason because he's played him four times. And I would never even try to have that conversation. I agree. I just feel like with the 2009 reboot and Derek Mears, that should have been something for him. Like he should have got a franchise gig out of that. And I think he kind of got screwed. But hopefully in the future, um, we'll get this new TV show. I don't know if they've already cast it. Jason, and if they have, if they've said who it was, but man, fingers crossed, Derek Mears. I mean, he was even awesome in Hills Have Eyes Part 2. Just a, a solid horror icon. Absolutely. Um, I, I certainly would want to see him do it at least one more time, because Kane Hodders can't do it again, can he? Barely walk these days, so... Well, I feel like it's just kind of one of those pass-the-torch things at this point, you know? Yeah, uh, I mean, the chances are it'll go to some um, yeah, former former wrestler or something like that. Oh, like, there um... you go. Hey, I was having this talk with my uh, buddy Marty the other day, who I mentioned I did the scream one with, and yeah, if for some reason Derek Mears can't do it, I would also be interested to see. This is going to be kind of crazy, but 
what about a Tyler Maine? Basically, he played Michael Myers in the Rob Zombie stuff, but hey, he doesn't have that long hair no more. He's a big, bald guy, former wrestler. I mean, he kind of fits that profile, too. Obviously, he could take a beating, you know? Yeah, I mean, maybe the, the, the zombie... Uh, oh, Rob Zombie directed. It's <laughs> Has, has cursed him somewhat. Maybe anything associated to the to, to those Halloween remakes. All right, cool. Okay, well, I am going to go um, not too far into the past. Now, the only thing that is better than a violent death is a douchebag getting a violent death. Now, I'm going to go to Freddy versus Jason, and it's actually one of the first kills in the film. I think. Um, uh, and it's the insufferable Trey, who not only gets stabbed an insane amount of times, but gets physically snapped in half and in the bed um, by Jason Voorhees. Um, it's, again, a wonderful... The sound design, again, is wonderful. Uh, but it's not only the fact that, he, you know, once he's been stabbed, you think, thank, you know, thank God for that, Trey's a douchebag. And then just to top it off, Jason just gives him one last little snap Completely in half, uh, and uh, leaves him there for the uh, for the for the missus to come back after taking a shower because her hair smells like menthol. I think is, <laughs> yeah. the, is the is the line. So, yeah, Trey's an asshole in that movie, and I'll always remember this movie and this scene because this was the first time that I got to see Jason Voorhees. No, I take that back. I saw Jason X, but then I saw um, this. Well. Shit. Okay, yeah, Jason X was just a couple of years before Freddy vs. Jason, that's right. I remember seeing this in theater and uh, just seeing that death scene on the big screen. I remember it's kind of one of those things where after, like you said, he gets stabbed like nine times or something, it's enough. Like, it looks good. You're satisfied with it. But then the cherry on top is when he folds him in half and that you don't expect. And so uh, bravo to those guys who came up with that idea because it was great. The, the right, the writers, the, the writers' room on a uh, Friday the Thirteenth film must be a blast. Yes. <laughs> cool, man. Check this out. My number four is from Friday the Thirteenth Part Four, the final chapter. I call this one "Corkscrew Kindness." This is, uh, you know, it's always a treat when we can have Crispin Glover show up, and Crispin Glover plays Jimmy. He's a self-conscious guy who's not afraid to boogie down, but. Uh, you know, after proving that he's not a dead fuck in bed, he becomes a dead fuck in the kitchen because uh, he's searching for a corkscrew because it's time to get his drink on. But, uh, you know, not even his bitchin' dance moves can save him from Jason's wrath because Jason stabs the corkscrew deep into his hand, pinning it to the countertop. Chris McGlover's character turns around and then Jason jabs a meat cleaver right into the center of his face. And what really tops it off is the fact that Crispin Glover's choice of like, he's like pulsating, he's like shaking his head and the blood is just spewing all over his face. And so the combination of <laughs> the corkscrew through the hand, which already sounds horrible, it pins him down to the counter. He can't go nowhere. And then he gets a meat cleaver right into his face. And uh, all I can say is uh, at least he kind of died happy. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's. I forgot Crispin Glover was in this one. How can you forget? He um, has the best dance of all time. <laughs> but yeah, you absolutely. I mean, again, the 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 millisecond cut to have the from the swing to having the the, the machete in the face. It's, it's like perfection in 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 um, film editing. 
but it's um yeah it's just the screaming uh just the oblivious the oblivious girlfriend wandering around yeah what's what's this blue bloody murder screaming from the kitchen but um no it's a fantastic kill and again like uh, this is what i like i said before this the kills on friday the 13th it's always and then some so it's it's you could have just macheted him in the head, but no, 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 no. Let's corkscrew to the hand, then we'll cut this. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's, it's always that added touch, the sort of chef's kiss, the kind of that you get in a, a Friday the 13th kill. Yeah. yeah, as soon as this happens, everybody feels bad for Marty McFly, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's a good job it's a different universe. It's otherwise, we, we, yeah. you know. Yeah, I would have messed up the timeline. In a very, <laughs> very different timeline, yeah. All right, man, what you got? Okay. Well, I'm actually going to go with your honourable mention. Um, and, yeah, it's, uh, as we discussed, it's Julius in uh, Jason Takes Manhattan. Um, like you said, when it finally, when it, the, the, the whole five minutes that he's actually in Manhattan, um, <laughs> it's, it's still like, the, the, you know, there's, there's two things from Jason Takes Manhattan that, that are kind of iconic. And one is the, the you know, the, um, the, the, the roughneck gang on the street when Jason walks walks down Times Square, smashes the uh, the radio, and the second one is is Julius's um, mano a mano boxing match. Um, and to be honest, there's not much I can add to it. <laughs> you so eloquently put it, <laughs> but um, yeah, my uh, my pick is Julius uh, from uh, Jason Takes Manhattan. Fantastic man. Well, see, great minds think alike, huh? Exactly. Yeah. Um, so much so that my number three has also been mentioned on your list, and I'm going Friday the 13th Part 2. I call it Machete Wheels uh, for the exact purpose of what we talked about. Mark is such a nice and likable character, and to see it... You know, we know that everybody's fair game in these movies, but you kind of thought the guy in the wheelchair was going to be safe. I don't know why. Um, Maybe because he's so likable that we just didn't think we were going to lose him, but... We're reminded really quick that Jason Voorhees doesn't give a fuck. And uh, when he hits Mark in the face with that machete and it sends him down the stairs, I swear to God, Neil, I thought we were going to hear like a bowling sound, like the, you know, the pins going down. But, oh, I just. Well, I was kind of hoping it would be like the steps would just be longer. And it, it, it like, you know, like sort of uh, almost like a, a, a naked gun. Oh, gosh. Style. <laughs> just, it just keeps going and going. And going. Oh God! And then he gets stuck to the back of an ambulance. Oh, and then the gets, doors closed. Carried off down the freeway. Have him yeah. go down the stairs, and Rocky uh, runs past him. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> We're making a scary movie, part seven, buddy. <laughs> but again, this is this is uh, of double, you know, overkill. So you know, uh, the the shit in the head, and then the wheelchair down the stairs. It. I mean, it, it really. It is, a, it is a huge theme in in the Friday the Thirteenth uh, franchise, and I I love it I, I, for exactly that. Well, see, and you know the way that cops are portrayed in, in these uh, silly horror movies is uh, they'll show up and they'll be like, "What happened?" and be like, "Oh, well, clearly the guy in the wheelchair fell down the stairs and he landed on this uh, machete." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the fact that I, I yeah couldn't agree more. It's it's. It, it's one of my favorites purely because it's so unnecessary. It is. And you know, one thing I found myself wondering was in this movie, 
we've seen Mark beat many a people in an arm wrestling match, and I was like, I wonder if he could take Jason in just a straight-up arm wrestling match, because I would assume anybody that has to navigate themselves around in a wheelchair probably has really great upper body strength, and I would have loved to see Mark and uh, Jason go toe-to-toe there. Well, I, 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 it wouldn't surprise me if it wasn't discussed that the fact that he did all the arm wrestling kind of made you think maybe they had in mind where he decided, like Jason decides he's going to take him on, snaps his arm off and then beats him to death. Right. Yeah, I would have, yeah. uh, <laughs> but, you know, it, yeah, but the fact that he, he they kind of set him up as being that strong and then just, oh, just maybe they forgot about him and just went, oh, we need to. Shit, me to kill Mark. Machete pushing down the stairs. But to be honest, aren't they out in the middle of nowhere? I mean, if they if he just killed everybody else, he would have been. You know, he's not going to wheel himself out of a, a muddy, right? You know, forest trail, is he? So well, as you know. we know, um, he would have been okay though because. They did such a genius thing when they wrote this here, and you can call it what you want, whether it was cleverly written or sloppily written. They have a lot of characters in part two, and so they split them up. Half of the characters go to the bar to do all the bad things, right, to get drunk, do drugs. Essentially, those are the people that get killed, right? But no, you have our other character, and you have Mark, who literally, like, breaks no rules. Now, we both know he was about to break a rule because that girl was all up on his dick in that episode. We, She went to, back to change her <laughs> panties and, I guess, spray perfume on her crotch. It must have smelled like fish. I don't really know. Please don't hate me, people. I'm making a joke here. <laughs> but uh, it just sucks for Mark, and then uh, she gets killed, too, so they both die. So maybe they get it on in heaven. I don't know. Well, I mean, he could have taken a leaf out of Andy's book and just hand-walked his way to safety. <laughs> Would he have made it down the stairs without falling? That's the question. <laughs> but, hey, man, all I know is we have a million kill opportunities in Friday the 13th movies. We both have made top five lists and already have had some amazing crossover, but I'm really happy that, if anything, we both had Mark on our list. So, so far, so good, in my opinion. I, I'm also going to be very surprised if our top two aren't the same. <laughs> But well, we never know. I can tell you one thing. They're not. But I'll tell you why in a minute. Go ahead and tell me <laughs> your number two. Now, see, I had a few to choose from. There's a recurring theme in Friday the 13th um, franchise uh, of deaths in sleeping bags. Um, now, this one is the OG. Um, and it's uh, probably my favorite one. It's uh, Friday the 13th Part 7, The New Blood. Um and it's where Jason um, Jason rips the the girl uh, out of the tent in a sleeping bag, and one very very swift sort of one handed thwack against a tree. <laughs> Again, sound design is just you feel it, you really feel it. Um, just one one hit, all it takes, spits a head open mostly, and it just off he goes. It's it's just out. It's it's one of those. It's out of nowhere. It's very quick. And it's just brutal. It's just gone, done. Yeah, yeah, man, for sure. And I definitely toyed with the idea of having a sleeping bag kill on the list. And it kind of hurts me that I didn't. But for the ones I've mentioned, that that's reason why enough. But, dude, absolutely. It's great when they replicate it later in the series because it's a callback to this one. But, you know, part seven... It's the one of the first Jason movies to get neutered so much, and I'm so glad that this death scene wasn't trimmed down anymore because it's it's all that we need for this type of scene. And being that it's Kane Hodder's first time playing Jason, I think he's even stated that this was his favorite kill out of all of them, so you guys definitely see eye-to-eye with that uh, being in your top two. But, oh, yeah, man, just... 
there's something I've always said about being in your bed. Like, I feel like whenever you're, like, in bed, under the covers, that's, like, a safe place. And uh, that does not apply when you're camping because Jason will rip through the tent, pull you and your sleeping bag out, and slam you against a tree like he's crushing a damn burrito. It's amazing. Uh, yeah, it's it, it's just, I think the fact it's just so quick, it's almost like the man's in a hurry. It's just, oh, one more. Well, you know, while I'm on my way home, one more, bang. It's like you know popping out for you know a, a quick six pack on the way right. home just, and uh, i'll just i'll stop quick and this is a bang. time too that it wasn't a twofer like it wasn't a double um he could have like slammed her against a tree and then stabbed her or then crushed her head with his foot or something but you really it, we mentioned earlier how like the second part of some of these kills is very fun and unnecessary and i think a second thing here might take away from the impact that the first part had because like you said it's like just one time, that's all it took. And you know her, the bones of her body break when he slams her against that tree. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's the fact it's so quick that, that kind of just... I think it's what makes it more memorable for me because, he, like we were saying, he does like a double kill, whereas this is just one and done. It's just... just again, it's, it's another one of those absolutely pointless kills that's so much fun because... He could have just walked past. He could have just, you know, she was doing nothing. It was, you know, she's, uh, she was actually on her own, which, you know, it's not really his MO. He likes to, yeah. know, well, catch people in the air. <laughs> and he does many times in this movie. But, uh, yep. yeah, if you're in your sleeping bag, you're still not safe. Maybe maybe more so than if you were running in the woods. Because uh, when you're in your sleeping bag, you got nowhere to go. All right, man. My number two has already been mentioned, and that's how I knew we didn't have the same number twos because my number two is called Stab, Stab, Fold, and it's from Freddy vs. Jason. And uh, I purposely held back, but, dude, you are 100% right. Trey is one of the worst characters in Friday the 13th history, um, maybe tied with the douchebag from the 2009 reboot. But, man... You know, like you said, he had had sex with his girlfriend, who is Gib, played by the lovely Catherine Isabel, who's a scream queen. Trey reaches over to grab a beer, and then he gets stabbed through the back nine or ten times with Jason's machete. He's lying there twitching, and I think the scene is elevated even more so because he's firmly gripping the beer. And, dude, his cup runs over because when Jason plants that machete in the ground and he folds this guy in half, uh, hamburger style, if you know what I mean, when you fold paper... But the image of his feet going up and being like parallel with his head and having the blood coming out of his mouth—it's just incredible. Yeah, I mean, th th this guy is such a douchebag. Uh, I wanted Jason and Freddy to both have a go on him. <laughs> that, that's you know, he should just—the film should have just been those two going at it on him. But and I would, I would have, you know, that would have imagine perfect. he gets stabbed nine times, folded in half, and then Jason slams him against a tree. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But yeah, there's not much more to say about that. He is a, an arsehole, and I, it's it's a very fitting way for him to go. Yeah, and honestly, man, if anybody is listening doesn't recall that death scene, this is one you have to YouTube to see. I, I say that for all of our kills, but something about just seeing it makes it worthwhile. Yeah, and again, this is another kind of, uh, you think he's done, and it's just that afterthought. <laughs> oh, I know. Snap. See, I, I, the way I see it is Jason's moved a lot in his life, so he knows how to, you know, fit things in tight spots, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, 
I think you know what my favourite Jason film is. Um, I've talked about it many times. Um, obviously, it's uh, Jason X um, or Jason in Space. It's his, his correct name. Um, but it's one of my all-time favourite kills because it's. I think it's the only Friday the 13th I ever actually saw in cinema. So um, to see this kill on the big screen... Um, and it is, of course, the um, the nitrogen <laughs> freezing of the head, and then, like like always, the double kill, smash the face onto the counter, splits it into a million pieces. I, again, the, the, one of the reasons I like this, this it's because I, I I didn't write down her name, but um, the, the the girl who who plays the um, the scientist, she's kind of set up to be one of the main characters. You're you're almost like, oh, she's going to be. The final girl, or one of the final girls, it's going to be. But it's just again out of nowhere. It's just, nah, she's not. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> she, oh, she's dead. Dead. Okay, that's. Well, um, Neil, I'm gonna stop you right there because I'm just gonna go ahead and come out and say that my number one is also the face yes. smash from Jason X. So let's just go ahead and do this, and uh, just to let you know, her name was Adrian. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's. It, I think it's all set up. Isn't it his first kill as Mecha Jason? No, he's not he's... even. Oh no, it's right. It's... No, he's not. It's before, yeah. isn't it? It's where he wakes up. It's where he first wakes up, isn't it? Yep. Um, because she looks. She, she's she's doing some tests on him and doing some doing the bloods and everything. And then she looks behind, it and he's not there. When he was he was just laid out on the table. She turns back round again, and then you know comes out of nowhere. Just when he grabbed her, I thought, oh, you know, they're gonna have a little wrestle, and then she's gonna get away. Somebody's gonna come in, but. As he's getting her closer to the to the nitrogen, you think, no, 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 no. Oh God! Um, and again, sound design, the freezing, the freezing yeah. noise, you, you feel it. And again, the, the the effects on how they did that is just, it's absolutely superb. Yeah, man. I so I guess I should have known because I, I do know your favorite is Jason X. And um, I absolutely love Jason X as well. I talked about a couple being tied for first place. It's my love for Jason X and Part Two. But um, let me tell you, so I saw this in theater, as I mentioned, this was also uh, my first time seeing Jason, so we have that in common on the big screen, because like I said, this was a couple years before Freddy, so, versus Jason, but seeing Adrian sitting there, and like you said, she's established herself as an important character, and she's going to dissect Jason, who, okay, we know he's not really dead, but we did not expect this, and instead of getting to do this dissection on him, she gets her head dunked into the sink, which is full of, like you said, liquid nitrogen, and then she gets pulled back, and we get to see her her like perfect impression of Elsa from Frozen, <laughs> and then she's driven face first into the counter, causing her face to obliterate into a million bloody ice cubes resembling my favorite slushy, which is a white cherry. But <laughs> I remember after it happened, I was gobstopped. I sat back because... We knew damn good and well that when she got drowned in there, that he was going to pull her back and let her go. We've seen that so many times where it's like a kill, look, and drop. But the fact that he took it, that extra final and perfect step of... When it happened, I was I could have walked out of the movie satisfied. I was like, that was obviously both of our favorite Jason kills of all time. But, dude, oh, I'm so glad that's your number one because it's my number one also. And it's easily the most rewatched scene in that movie. Uh, it, it, again, it, it's just utter overkill. I mean, she's already dead. <laughs> there is, there is, there is no need for it whatsoever. But it's just this. No, I am gonna smash her face into a million pieces. 
just just because I can. Right, and it happens so quick, just like a few of the other death scenes here, where you don't even get enough time to wonder if there could be anything else. It's just all part of the plan. We, I love the camera view because it's filmed from like inside the water. Like we see her face facing the camera, and it gets all frozen up. And then he pulls her back, and we get to see it. And so we're like, "Oh, that's crazy!" The little—I uh, don't know if it's still called smoke. I guess it is, right? Because um, it's freezer burn, right? She's like frozen, and then just face first into the counter that she was working on, and you're just like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> it's so satisfying. Oh, it, I mean, it, it's just kind of because it's such a kind of. Uh, it's a goofy movie. Let's let's put it that way. I mean, it's a fantastic movie, but it's a goofy movie. And the fact to have something like that in the midst of this kind of uh, very odd kind of arc of characters and and performances, it's just... Because it's so over-campy. It's a very, very campy film. And then you just got this in the midst of it. And it's just, just, you know, proper old-school, you know, slasher... um, overkill um before we even get into the you know uber the awesomeness that is yes, uber jason. yes and you know i think that's what separates jason from freddy too is that freddy spends a lot of time with his kills because he likes to play with his victims i always tell people he plays with his food before he eats it and uh, whether it's you know turning somebody into a cockroach and then you know for that torture and then squishing them inside the roach motel or whatever Freddy's kills are often more comical and still I love them a lot I'm going to have to do a top 5 Freddy kills at some point but what separates them too I think is the abruptness when Jason kills somebody is like I think the term you used was overkill he kills you twice man and he does it with so much force it's just a sight to behold but I absolutely love it and this was the last time that Kane Hodder had played uh, Jason Voorhees in the series before moving on to the hatchet role but uh, playing Victor Crowley and whatnot. But, dude, I got to say, for all of the kills that he had, like, how lucky is it that he got to have the one that did the freeze and smash? Because it's so awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, it, it, the fact that he did my top two, so he did the sleeping bag yes. and this. I mean, it's it's it is why Kane Hodder is kind of my definitive Jason, purely because he, <laughs> nobody does kills quite like Kane Hodder. And then, you know, he rolls that into, you know, um, hatchet uh, and just just continues the same style. Um, yeah, just I mean you know, it's it's I, literally splitting hairs between Victor Crowley and Jason Voorhees at that point, but oh, that's why it works too. You know what would be really cool? I just had this idea. I want to see some sort of um, you know how in Spider Man they do the whole like multiple timeline. Okay, we need to yeah. see where like a few different versions of Jason go against each other. I want to have like Uber Jason versus uh, Friday 13th part. Uh, let's do seven. Cause Jason, the, his look, Kane Hodder's look as seven is probably the best. Like the fact when you can see his like spine and the maggots in his face just looks so gnarly, but dude, I want to see like the three or four versions of Jason all go at it and see who would win. That'd be so awesome. Oh yeah. I mean, would you include baby Jason from, <laughs> from, from the original? Uh, fuck that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I got all the respect for first Jason, but uh, no, he can't play in this. Well, the thing is, you say splitting hairs, I was going to say splitting heads. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, that's a fun conversation. And I, honestly, I know I already said this, like I shouldn't be, but I am surprised that we had so many of the same kills on here because there's so many to choose from. But it's just some something sweet about having the same number one. It's just like, that's why we're bros, man. I like it. 
<laughs> it's like we didn't even get into the TV series. Like, the, 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 I, I never watched. I never, I never got into the the, the TV to sort of the um, the TV series of it. Just could not, could not get well, into. Well, I don't even think Jason Voorhees is in the Friday Thirteenth TV show. I, I, I don't. I think it's probably why I stopped. Yeah, watching. I think. <laughs> was he ever going to? I think that was one of those legality things because what Friday Thirteenth is wasn't Voorhees, you know, Pamela no. maybe, but no. that's a different conversation. But hey, man, I mean, it's been quite some months since you've been on here, so let's just take a minute and talk about you for a second. Um, you got anything going on that you would like to promote? Um, uh, I, I've, I've got several things in the pipeline. Um, I am officially, uh, I've signed an NDA, so I'm not allowed to talk about it as such, but I've just signed my first official big movie um that i'm going to be working on next year um and i can't wait for that it's also it's actually been filmed over in, up here in scotland so i'm going to be doing a few set visits she's going to be absolutely awesome um uh, i have finally been picked up by troma you know it's my my life goal to finally get a gig with yes. troma um i spoke to this their guy again today and we've agreed on uh, a fee and uh, I will be working for Troma um, on a couple of projects coming up. Um, other than that, life life is busy. Um, I'm in the process of moving house again. Um, so I'm, I'm, hopefully it won't be another eight months before I come on. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm busy. I'm, I'm doing a few <laughs> bits here and a bits there. You know, I'm, I'm keeping myself out of trouble. And um, you can obviously you can catch me while Twitter still exists. Um, at Neil Fraser 78 um, or you can come visit me on Instagram um, um, at Neil Fraser Graphics I believe um, and yeah, yeah come say hi uh, follow what I'm up to um, see if I ever get that um, uh, Evil Dead gig yeah <laughs> I wasn't going to let you go without bringing that up so one I'm really happy that you signed a big deal I can't wait to see what comes out next year two I'm really happy that you finally got a gig with Troma because you and I are big Troma guys. We've been talking about that for about ugh, three years now, and so that's cool that that's finally coming to fruition. But even more than all of that, I got to say, I we're friends, you know, um, but I've always been a fan of yours, and you've done so much work. I, honestly, I've never seen a poster that you did that I didn't like. Obviously, there's some I like more than others because the movie would mean more to me, but I'm not a massive Evil Dead person i absolutely appreciate the original series the remake of evil dead is my favorite because it's the most brutal but dude that poster that you did might be one of my favorite posters of all time for any horror movie uh, i know i told you when you and i did our top five horror posters i couldn't have any of yours on there i'll tell you if i could that have been number one dude so um bravo to you for coming up with such a simple huh, yeah because we've talked about you know simple works but amazing <laughs> no, design work, dude yeah. like that that's so cool so anybody who follows you on twitter has seen it anybody who follows me needs to see it whether it's on twitter or facebook um you know we're gonna get a movie or is it a movie or tv show no it's uh it's a, bruce campbell's involved it is a movie okay um, next okay year. so evil dead rise is the title and neil has done a poster for it and I don't want to step on anybody's feet, and I don't want to say anything negative, so I apologize if this comes off in one way against somebody that I don't know. Your poster is not the official licensed used poster 
but it should be. And that's just my opinion. But job well done, man. I think you're on your way. I've been saying it for years, but shit, you keep uh, impressing me. <laughs> oh, that's very kind of you. I mean, that was what you, there, there were some times when it's because I was in the middle of doing something else. And you, I just thought, oh, I wonder if that would work. <laughs> And it was just—it was just one of those. I was on a—I was on a break, and I just happy accident, as Bob Ross always says. Just, hey, that's perfect, man. You know. I, I love it. But people—people people seem to dig it. I mean, I—I I, I was, you know, I, I got uh, the director. Was it Lee, Lee Cronin? Is the director? Um, he posted it out, and um, yeah, I mean, that was that. You know, always awesome to to get feedback from people involved in the film, and. Um, uh, yeah, I, I'm, can't, I can't wait to see it. I mean, like you, I mean, I really like the remake, so I'm hoping it's, it's going to be a lot of the same team. I know Bruce Campbell's still involved, so I'm, I'm hoping. Yeah, maybe it's will be a healthy he'll have his, Yeah, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm having a good time. I mean, obviously, like you say, working for Troma is like a life ah. goal. Um, the only, the only, the only thing with Troma is you work on a Troma budget, and that you know, That's, it's almost <laughs> like you, it's a passion project, right? You, you don't you don't work with Troma to make money, man. <laughs> you, <laughs> you do it for the love. That's of right. It. That's right. And even if Troma makes that money, you're not getting much of it. But that money is going to the next film. That's how Troma works. Well, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, part of the deal is that I do this for a certain price. If the guy who I'm is making his own Troma film is hiring me at a decent price, so um, two for one, basically, almost. It's kind of so it work out in the long run, hey. but. Um, I just I just want my bio to to, to include now. Well, Troma, and here's so. the deal too. The reality is like you're a professional and you should get paid for your work, but sometimes the paycheck is fantastic. But also, just having the repertoire, and you never know you you may be called for another trauma project in the future, and you just gotta get your foot in the door, and that's what you've done, man. <laughs> Some things are bigger than money. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool, man. Thanks for uh, taking the time, coming on here, and telling me about your top five Jason Voorhees kills, even though I guess I knew them. <laughs> You're more than welcome, bud. I always love coming on, so um, I can't wait to do it Let's again. Let's do it again, man. All right. You have a good day. You too, buddy. And there you have it. Top five Jason Voorhees kills. What'd you guys think? Man, it's a lot of fun to talk about some of your favorite death scenes in a horror franchise. And, uh, man, I, <laughs> I could have never uh, guessed that Neil and I would match four out of five. And then the ones we differed on? Those are both really awesome kills. I could have went either way. In fact, I'll ask you guys. Which kill do you like better? The corkscrew in the hand with the meat cleaver in the face? Or getting suffocated in a sleeping bag and slammed against a tree trunk? I'll tell you one thing. I don't want to go either way. <laughs> but, uh, nah, man. Thank you guys so much for checking out this episode. Like I said, I had a lot of fun doing it. And 
If you're new to the show, Neil Fraser's my buddy. He makes horror posters. In fact, he'll do posters for any genre, but he's really passionate about horror and science fiction. And so if you don't follow him on Twitter, you should. He dropped his handle in the episode. But if you follow me, you can also see that I converse with him a lot and always like and retweet the posters that he does. I'm really excited that he's got a gig with Troma. It's about time, in my opinion. But seriously, you got to check out that Evil Dead Rise poster. It's freaking fantastic. If you want to find me on social media, at Dave underscore Phantom, that's my Twitter handle, and you can find me on Facebook. i got a Facebook page for this podcast. It's the All Things Dave podcast page. Pretty simple. If you search that up, you'll find it, and I always do like the show notes. You know, I, I put the episode on Facebook, put posters, pictures, things of that nature. I'm not on Instagram, not on TikTok, any of those things. Don't have a YouTube channel for the show, though it's kind of been on my mind. I don't know. Um, might go that route, might not, but I love podcasting, so you're always going to bare minimum get the audio feed here, and uh, I also got to get something off my chest, so I mentioned in this episode that I was going to do theme months, and then I'm no longer going to do theme months and things like that, and here's the reality is, I'm such a fucking scatterbrain person sometimes, and I enjoy a lot of things, but more importantly, I love horror and science fiction. And if you look at the thumbnail of my podcast, it screams horror and science fiction with nostalgia. And I really want to do a lot more of just horror and sci-fi. I had a lot of fun with the idea of doing Hockey Month. And I love hockey. Make no mistake, when it comes to sports, I do love hockey. But, you know, I keep my shit separate. Like, hockey's hockey and movies are movies. And there's great hockey movies. But do I want to talk about them? I don't know, man. I thought I did. But I ended up wanting to talk about Jason Voorhees' kills. So luckily that ties to hockey, but that's also the tie that I'm going to break because uh, I'm no longer doing Hockey Month, guys. So what you are going to get from me is some pretty cool horror movie reviews. And I've also been talking with Andy in the background. And you guys know Andy. He's at Black Cat Podcast. He does the World of Horror Podcast. He, uh, he's been on here and, you know, we did like top five monster movies of three different decades or what, or several decades, but three different sub, how do you explain that? Periods of time, right? He's also been on here to do like the Who is Andy episode and he's also on here to do the Hidden. Andy and I have podcast together for like ever since, what, 2017, Black Cat Shadow Days, Days Pop Culture Podcast. He, he joined me for a few episodes on podcasts from another world, but what I'm getting at is that I love podcasting with a lot of people. There's definitely a special place in my heart for Andy. And so I told him, I said, bro, I want to do a lot more horror episodes. And though I'm still going to do like many guests on the show for one-offs, prime example, like having Neil or Marty uh, or my buddy Sean, uh, Corin, just a whole bunch of people come on, Ed the Undead, obviously, and then my girl Julie do these one-off episodes where we talk, uh, have Randy, you know, do Star Trek and this, that, and the other. I do want to mix in a lot of horror movie reviews. I feel like I've spent a lot of time doing a lot of like who is this person, who is that person to kind of allow listeners to get to meet who my guests are going to be. But now it's time to hit the ground running. I want to start doing lots of movie reviews because I watch this shit. I might as well talk about this shit and I love it so much. So here you go. I'm giving you a front run warning. I'm about to be dropping horror episodes galore and I'm going to bring Andy on as like, not an official, but kind of official guide that I'm going to use as a go-to for my major horror movie drops. And so, just 
hey, it's going to be like the old days of Black Cat Shadow when I do horror movie reviews. And then I'll still mix that in. I'll bring Ed on here with my Toxin Clerks or something. And then uh, I'll do some top five kills and all kinds of cool stuff. But you heard it here. Dave is bringing back the horror movie reviews just like the old days. And I can't wait to do it. And I'll mix in some random shit in the future. So I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. If you have, hey man, go find it on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you can rate and review, I would love to hear from you. If you got suggestions for the show um, or if you just want to say hi, please drop me a line. It would be a lot of fun to converse with you guys. And I'm going to get started on prepping for this holiday season because there's some really cool horror movies that I need to watch. So thank you again for listening and you guys have a wonderful day. It's the greatest story in sports. Start dropping straight back. Hit as he throws. Has the ball. And it's a touchdown. I'm Doug Russell, and this is Tales from 1265, an insider's look at football's most storied franchise, a franchise that has had its dynasties. This is the first Super Bowl trophy, and uh, it's something Green Bay can keep. We're going to have a, a new trophy each year. And its rebirths. Every major football decision will be made by Ron Wolf. I realize I'm a Green Bay Packer now. And- Maybe I can prove that I am worth the first-round pick next year, but just got to be patient. But I was really impressed with the coaching staff, with the whole organization, and with the direction the team is going. I think they, they have a total commitment to winning. Tales from 1265 is presented by Nicolay Law, your local award-winning injury lawyers. If you've been injured, get Nicolay, Wisconsin's winning team of lawyers that will get you back in the game. Tales from 1265 is a production of iHeartRadio Podcasts and is available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Music, or wherever you listen to podcasts. 